This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Car theft got so bad here in the last few years, people started calling Denver the car theft capital of the country. But it's time to start telling a new story about our stolen car situation, because the numbers are down, like way down. So I sat down with Kale Gould and Director Robert Force of the Colorado Auto Theft Prevention Authority to ask how they and all their many law enforcement partners turn this thing around. Today is Monday, December 11th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Robert Forrest and Kale Gould, welcome to CityCast Denver. Well, thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We love the opportunity. So everything I've heard about auto theft in Denver recently has been like pretty bad news. We've been called the auto theft capital of the country. But I understand that you two have observed um, some changes recently. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, the reality is up to uh, this last year, we have been, Colorado has been number one in the entire United States for the worst auto theft per capita rate in the country. And uh, we saw the numbers really peak up in, in 2020 and then went on into 2021 and then through 2022. And because of the significant increases in auto theft, uh, we uh, were able to have an advantage with the governor's office as well as the legislature last year to put some efforts into funding. And with that, we've seen some successes. So we're now seeing auto theft starting to drop. So it went up. It was going up. Like you said, we had this unfortunate title of being a place known for auto theft. Can we talk about why that spike happened in the first place? Yeah. And, and actually, the, the big spike that we saw occurred in 2020 during the pandemic. But the reality is we started observing auto theft incrementally increased from 2011 all the way up to the pandemic in 2020. And our numbers in Colorado during the pandemic were just atrociously higher than any other state. So one of the primary reasons that we saw that occurred, Colorado law enforcement was significantly strapped with resources. And you know, trying to put officers in the field and then as well as responding to the level of service. But there was a 23 percent decrease recently, right? Can you two speak to that? I think the bigger impact to that uh, was enabling law enforcement the ability to not only go out and arrest people with additional resources that we were able to provide uh, with some extra funding that we that we received, but along with that, uh, being able to make some of these criminals accountable. So the Senate Bill 97, actually, it it's now, it made it a, a felony for a vehicle to be stolen. Uh, it's not a low degree crime anymore, and it's not based on the value of the vehicle that's stolen. But along with that, I think is also the, the big message. The governor 
himself made it a key priority uh, beginning last year to really address motor vehicle theft statewide. Uh, he established a goal for us to reduce that. We have exceeded that goal, which we're happy about. But along with that is those additional resources and looking at how we can help victims of motor vehicle theft. We could not do that before. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's huge. It's a holistic approach, too. It is not, you know, directed from one specific area. You don't see a prosecution heavy and enforcement only. Public awareness is huge. You know, you hear about it on Facebook. Your friends have their car stolen, broken into, the catalytic converter stolen. You see it on Nextdoor all the time, all over the place. And then, you know, the media picks it up. You see the news stories. You see it reaches the level of the governor's attention. And that makes people react. They start thinking, you know, if they aren't a victim of auto theft or don't know somebody, what should they do? And, you know, it's all situational, of course, about what prevention looks like for you. But a lot of that public awareness increased the public's need to take steps to secure their vehicles, and that plays a part as well. Okay. And Robert, you also mentioned this legislation. Um, and the legislation, actually, there was there were two pieces of it to address car thefts in particular. They passed a bill that nearly doubled your program's annual budget, and then they passed a new law, like you said, that makes stealing a vehicle of any value, so a Toyota or a Lexus, you know, it doesn't matter, it's still a felony. Um, why were these two things important in bringing down car theft rates? In my opinion, I think the legislature, based on the information that they were provided, identified that there's not a one-piece solution here to trying to deal with motor vehicle theft throughout the whole state. And we heard this quite frequently, that is that uh, the problem with motor vehicle theft is not one that you can simply arrest your way out of. So the package that the legislature considered was looking at prevention, it was looking at education, training, funding law enforcement, as well as prosecutors. I will mention as well, I think that because um, we talk about the rise in auto theft, Denver International Airport right. uh, has been a huge focus of attention. And we started seeing in July motor vehicle theft just really skyrocketing in the midst of us looking at auto theft statewide starting to decrease, Denver International increased significantly. So working with Denver Police Department and all of our other partners, Arapahoe County, uh, literally going into meetings of stakeholders and talking about what's going on, what did they see? Uh, one of the big things is that our one of the task forces here in the Denver Metro made a significant impact uh, where they were able to identify a ring of auto thieves uh, that were stealing vehicles from DIA and then taking them all the way down in, down south. And uh, we were able to, that, that task force was able to arrest uh, that group of thieves and, and actually get them in front of the criminal justice system. As a result, we've seen a 74% reduction out of DIA in just this last month wow. after the arrests were made. So a lot of it is identifying those patterns and, and trends of criminal activity and then being able to leverage partnerships to make an effective impact. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. 
best part is Pine Melon offers same day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at pinemelon.com. That's pinemelon.com. DIA is such an interesting case to me because it's like, of course, it's a hot spot. People knowingly leave their cars there, myself included, for days or weeks at a time. But you're saying this ability to have more funding, to have more people on the ground, I guess. Like, what does that look like in practice? Is it just like more officers are there? More security? Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge thing. And one of the big things that director keyed into early here was the training aspect. Um, the identification of that unique group that was indicted in Adams County was 13 defendants on coca charges. And that group was directly targeting DIA. The training aspect, providing high level training for investigators to identify this isn't a one-off or two-off car thief. This is a criminal enterprise. That's a huge part of successes like this at DIA. You know, DIA specifically, and I'll let director key into this further, but really some of the physical identifications where it could physical security improve. And that's not necessarily people on the ground. That's lighting. That's um, theft deterrent measures like different environmental concerns, cameras, things like that as well. Okay. And, and the same is true, though. Even getting the basic message out to people at DIA, hey, lock your car and take your keys. I mean, I wouldn't think it's really basic. Yeah, to me. I wouldn't think that if I'm flying out of DIA that I would I would leave my keys in the car while no. I went on a trip for, I don't know, two, three or days or a week. Right? Or anywhere. Like, why? Are you leaving exactly. Your keys in the car? But what we were what we found is that some of these vehicles were stolen with the keys in the vehicle and many of the vehicles were left unsecured. They were unlocked. Wow. Interesting. Okay. I'm just thinking about my car was stolen a few years ago, but it was, it seems like it was a rare situation where it was like jo someone took it for a joyride for 48 hours and just dumped it somewhere. But this doesn't sound like that's the typical experience. No, not at all. <laughs> Actually, uh, and we get that question a lot that pe a lot of people think that, well, somebody, if little Johnny took his mom and dad's car for a joyride, that's auto theft. Well, that's really not what we're dealing with statewide. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the big things about the concept of joyriding, folks misconstrue it with auto theft being that, you know, oh, it's just a joyride. It's just, you know, kids stealing a car. They're yeah. having fun. And that is such an isolated incident we see these days where it's not, you know, young kids or just, totally. you know, over just over 18. It's it's adults who steal the car for the sole purpose of using that car to commit other crimes. And that's such a strong, strong crime indicator in Colorado, auto theft pushing other crimes. Interesting. So there's, like you say, there's a connection here between someone who steals a car and someone who may be stealing a car as well as committing other crimes, property related crimes or what? That feels a little vague to me. Absolutely. It's everything from other property related crimes. You know, uh, a good anecdote I use frequently is, would you take your own car to rob a bank? No, sure. <laughs> you never take your own car. And it's, it works the same way for retail theft. It works the same way for drug trade, okay. arms trade. You know, people, a lot of times we see strong connections between even people related crimes of assault, of battery. And it's all with stolen cars. Stolen cars drive other crime trends in Colorado. So does that upping this uh, or with this this law pushing this into like felony territory, regardless of the value of the car, does that deter folks too? do you think from like 
you know, you're then you're committing a felony versus maybe something more minor. Is that do you think that's a deterrent in some way? I, I believe it absolutely is, especially when you're talking about the thieves, like during the pandemic, for example, uh, thieves were well known. They could they could steal 10, 15 cars a day. Right. If they got captured or stopped, uh, the, the likelihood of them going to jail was very small. With the current law, there's certain aggravators that now occur. So you steal the car once, right? Now it's a felony. Then you go out and you're stealing a car a second time, right? Now there's a second aggravator to it. So with those aggravating circumstances the legislature put into place, it puts more teeth on those prolific criminals that are stealing vehicles here in Denver and then dumping them off in Aurora or going down south into Springs and then stealing more cars, it gives us just a bigger picture uh, and a better picture to deal with the prolific thieves. Interesting. And I, you guys have kind of answered this, but if if listeners just wanted, like, what can I do to keep my car safe today? What are your, like, number one things you recommend folks do? Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing is, of course, lock your car, take your keys every single time, and then figure out what, when, and how you should do more. We have some data-driven tools on the website, things like auto theft heat maps. It's a live heat map. It's a 15-day delay push of data that's a heat map overlaid at Google Maps. So you could use it just like a Google map. You zoom straight in your neighborhood, look at theft incidents in your areas. Then you know you look at that data. Do I have more auto theft in my area than like, do I have less than I thought? You uh, So maybe don't park it on the street, right. but I park it in my driveway. Or right. Small changes like that. Environmental changes. You correlate that with some of the other data, like top 10 most stolen cars. Oh, wow. I didn't know I had the top 10 most stolen car. And then you're able to make decisions. Look, should I get involved with our uh, steering wheel lock program, the club? We have those. We provide those to vehicles, the top 10 most stolen vehicles and other at-risk vehicles for free. We love to provide those. You know, then there's other resources we have. We point to things like security, alarm systems, vehicle immobilizers, other hardening things that are fairly low cost, like um, parking boots. You could buy parking boots on many major websites, whether small ones for like trailers, or you could buy the exact same ones the city uses, and they're very effective. Exactly, exactly. It's very effective at preventing auto theft. And folks need to consider, you know, oh, I have a lot of factors against me. Is this, you know, is this will my car get stolen or when? And then being able to provide best information on some other, you know, hardening devices. When somebody's car is stolen, it's a lot of times their lifeline. It could be, you know, to and from where they were, kids, exactly. So we like to take a personal approach. You know, if you have a question, is my car at risk? Reach out to us. I will personally answer the phone and talk to you about it because that's what I do all day and I love it. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Robert and Kale, thank you so much. This is great. Thank you. We sure appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. If you want to see those auto theft heat maps or lists of the most stolen cars or dig into the auto theft data for yourself, we're going to put a link to the Colorado Auto Theft Prevention Authority's website in the show notes. But wait, there's more. We know car theft isn't the only problem in the city. We're working on something fun and we need your help. We want to hear what you think is the absolute worst intersection in the Denver metro area. You know, the one that you go out of your way to avoid, the one that you absolutely refuse to bike or walk through for fear of death. The one with the lights so slow you want to tear your hair out. Text us your answer or leave us a message at the Worst Intersections hotline at 720-500-5418. That number again is 720-500-5418. 
That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Denver Police Chief Ron Thomas about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya! Carjacking, just kidding, that's a real 90s thing and that's not what's happening here. It still happens.